Hello, and welcome to the Text in Us podcast. I'm your host, George Fricks, and I'm here with my co-host, L. Grover Fricks, to resume our discussions in Exodus chapter 32. We are in the narrative portion of scripture. It's very exciting, uh, at least for me. Maybe everyone's been totally thrilled, delighted, captivated in the legal section. You can always go back and re-listen. You can, but here we are. Things are happening. So let's read it. Scroll of Shemot, chapter 32. The people saw that Moshe delayed descending from the mountain. The people gathered to Aharon. They said to him, Arise, make Elohim for us that will walk before our face. For this Moshe, the man who raised us up from the land of Mitzrayim, we do not know what will be for him. Aaron said to them, Break off the rings of gold in the ears of your women and your sons and your daughters. Bring them to me. All the people broke off their rings of gold that was in their ears. They brought them to Aaron. He took it from their hands. He created it with a stylus. He made it a poured out calf. They said, These are your Elohim, Yisrael, who raised you from the land of Mitzrayim. Aaron saw it. He built a place of slaughter before its face. Aaron called out. He said, A celebration for Yahweh tomorrow. They rose early the next day. They sent up burnt things. They brought peace in close. The people sat to eat and drink. They arose to play. Yahweh said to Moshe, Walk, descend, for your people, whom you raised from the land of Mitzrayim, have destroyed. They have quickly turned aside from the path that I commanded them. They made for themselves a calf poured out. They bowed themselves to it. They slaughtered things to it. They said, These are your Elohim, Yisrael, that raised you from the land of Mitzrayim. Yahweh said to Moshe, I have seen this people. Look here, a people of hard necks. Now let me rest. Oh, that my nose would burn in them. Oh, that I might eat them. I will make of you a great nation. Moshe became sick before the face of Yahweh, his Elohim. He said, Why, Yahweh, does your nose burn in your people, whom you brought from the land of Mitzrayim, in great power and a strong hand? Why will Mitzrayim say, In evil he brought them out to kill them, in the mountains to finish them from upon the face of the dirt? Turn from the heat of your nose, be comforted from the evil for your people. Remember, for Avraham, for Yitzchak, and for Yisrael, your servants, whom you swore for them in yourself. You spoke to them, I will make you great in number, your seed as the stars of the fire water, and all this land that I have said I will give to your seed. They shall inherit it for vanishing eternity. Yahweh was comforted from over the evil which he said he would do to his people. Moshe turned his face. He descended from the mountain. Two polished slabs of the testimonies were in his hand. The polished slabs were written across two sides. From this side and to this side they were written. The polished slabs were the work of Elohim. The writing was the writing of Elohim. It was engraved upon the polished slabs. Yehoshua heeded the voice of the people in their roar. He said to Moshe, There is a voice of battle in the camp. He said, there is no voice of the answer of heroes. There is no voice of the answer of the weak. The voice of answers I heed. It was as he drew near to the camp, he saw the calf and the dancing. Moshe's nose burned with anger. He sent from his hand the polished slabs they broke under the mountain. 
He took the calf that they had made. He burned it in the fire. He crushed him until it was dust. He scattered it upon the face of the waters. He made the sons of Israel drink it. Moshe said to Aaron, What did this people do to you that you brought so great a mistake upon them? Aaron said, Oh, that your nose would not burn hot, my lord. You know the people, for they are in evil. They said to me, Make us Elohim that they will walk before our face. Because of this, Moshe, the man who lifted us from the land of Mitzrayim, we do not know what will be for him. I said to them, For whom is gold? Break it off of yourselves. They gave it to me. I sent it into the fire. This calf departed. Moshe saw the people, that the people had been let go, for Ahron had let them go to their whispering and their rising up. Moshe stood in the gate of the camp. He said, Who is for Yahweh? To me. The sons of Levi all gathered themselves to him. He said to them, This is like what Yahweh Elohim of Yisrael says. Every man place his thirsting sword upon his thigh, cross over and turn from the gate to the gate in the camp. Kill every man, his brother, every man and his neighbor, every man and the one close to him. The sons of Levi did like the word of Moshe. The people fell in that day, about 3,000 men. Moshe said, Fill your hands today for Yahweh, for every man in his son and his brother. It will be given upon you this day a blessing. On the next day, Moshe said to the people, Missing the mark, you have missed the mark greatly. Now I will ascend to Yahweh. Oh, that I might smear atonement until your error, perhaps. Moshe returned to Yahweh, saying, Oh, this people have missed the mark, missed the mark greatly. They made for them Elohim of gold. Now, if you will lift and forgive their error, if not, wipe me, please, from your scroll, which you have written. Yahweh said to Moshe, Who is he that has missed the mark to me? I will blot him from my scroll. Now go, lead the people to the place I have spoken of to you. Look here, my angel will walk before your face. In the day when I visit, I will visit their error upon them. Yahweh struck the people upon that which they did, the calf which Aharon made. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So much drama, a classic passage, so many things to look at. So exciting. Yeah, it's a, it's a doozy. Um, we have, what is that, 34, 36 verses or so? It's a lot. Yeah. Uh, 35 rather. So I've divided this into two portions. We've got verses 1 through 14, which is going to make up our first portion, and then 15 through 35. So uh, not quite an even division, but uh, it works. So details. Let's dive right in. Uh, Verse 1, the people saw that Moshe was delayed. He delayed. From the mountain. He yes. was not delayed. He did delay. Moshe delayed descending from the mountain. Yeah, there's a there's a conversation in the that the sages are having about uh, how exactly did he delay, right? Because he's going up the mountain. He says, "I'm going to be gone for forty days, mm-hmm. and then I'm going to be back." Mm-hmm. And so he goes up the mountain. He's there for forty days, <laughs> and then he comes back down. Sure. And on the day that he comes back down, right, they have made this golden calf and started sacrificing to it. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things that Rashi says is that uh, they miscounted the days because when does day start? 
for them. Nighttime? Nighttime. Oh. And he didn't go up in the nighttime. He went up during the daytime. Okay. And so when he comes back down, it's in the daytime. But for them, 40 days has already happened because they started counting at night. And so I hate a numerical error throwing off your destiny. Exactly. <laughs> That's exactly. funny. I put another spin on that in that um, the word that in order for it to make sense, you got to go with delayed there. Um, but it is um, the picture behind it has to do with becoming pale from shame and failure. So I'd like everybody to know who makes a practice of being late. You deserve to be pale with shame and failure, according to Hebrew. Um, just fun facts. Um, but so there's this added layer that like, it's not just, oh, I wonder if he like stopped to smell the thorn bushes on mm -hmm. the way up the mountain. It's that he's failed in some way, like God ate him. You know, this hasn't gone well for us. We've got to pivot, which the people say, right? We don't know what's happening to him is specifically what they say um uh well let's read what they say the people gathered to Aharon. they said to him arise make elohim for us that will walk before our face for this moshe this man who raised us up from the land of mitzrayim we do not know what will be for him uh very genesis 3 right because they yeah. already had Elohim that walked before their face. They right. had a pillar of fire. They had a pillar of cloud. God later gives them an angel. So very like the snake telling them something that they already had. Yeah. And in fact, uh, the sages say that Satan actually comes and lies to the people in this moment. Mm. So um, Satan shows up and... Uh, shows them something that looks like Moses being carried in like a, a death bear, like, oh, you know, classic a, a, Satan move. Yeah, exactly. High above the skies and created darkness on this morning to tr further trick the people about, about what, what day, day it was. was. Heard it here first. Make tally marks on the wall. <laughs> Prison stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so that, you know, because Satan's all about confusing you. Right. About the day of the week. Right. Um, and then interestingly enough, uh, there's this whole teaching on how Aharon is trying to delay the people mm. from this course of action Sounds until like Moses can come down. A little bit of butt covering for one of our protagonists is what that feels like to me. They could be onto something. Well, we'll get into it. We'll that see. Sounds and, good. Uh, you know, decide one way or the other. We'll kind of... I don't know. I'm curious to see what you think by the time we get through. Great. Okay. Aharon says to them, not delaying, by the way. Yeah. Uh, break off the rings of gold in the ears of your women and your sons and your daughters. I'd like to point out um, that there's some inherent sexism that comes up in the uh, reception history, which is the history of people commentating. Um, I don't know what you found in the sages, but I'm familiar from my past of like those nasty women with their nasty jewelry. First off, God told them to loot their neighbors, if yeah. you recall, or to ask them nicely. And so all of these, this jewelry that these people have is God ordained jewelry. But the bigger point that I'd like to point out is he doesn't say necessarily, but not the men because they don't have any. 
He just doesn't tell the men to give up their jewelry. Right. Culturally, men had plenty of jewelry. It is not just a feminine thing. Right. And we got to be careful what kind of things we're importing in our sexist world about the gendered accessories of a particular era. So yeah. anyway, maybe the men got to keep all their all their earrings. Yeah. Well, according to Rashi and also... A couple of other sages. I've got some notes here from Bahor Shore. Okay. Uh, also on this topic, he's a 14th century thinker. Thinker. Um, but uh, both of them talk about the the scheme that Aharon is weaving here uh, to delay the people, and that is why he does not tell the men because he knows the men will just freely give up their stuff. <laughs> um, but he thinks the women will hold on to it. He thinks the women. <laughs> so rude. Well, you know, they they just got this wealth, right? Mm-hmm. They've been given wealth that they have on their own person. Uh-huh. They're not going to give it up. Mm-hmm. Um, well, it doesn't work, even if that was true, because the next line is all the people broke off the rings of gold that were in their ears. Right. But it takes time, right? The men have to right tell the men to go get this from the women. It's going to take time. Mm. Uh, so it's not that uh, he was hoping that it wouldn't happen, but he knew it would take more time than if he had gone another route. Huh. Um, I don't another route. So you can disagree with them if you'd like, but that is their line of reasoning that I'm going to kind of trace through here uh, for this chapter. Hmm. Okay. Um, but yeah, all the people broke off their rings of gold. Uh, which was in their ears. Which was in their ears. There's this interesting note on why gold and not silver. Okay. And it has to do with the fact that gold is representative of fire. Okay. Um, which I think is an interesting symbol. Mm-hmm. But um, uh, we see gold being used uh, throughout the temple. Okay. Um, and things like that. And so I'm wondering if there's like some heavenly association with fire and water being such important elements there Hmm. uh, for the reasoning of why they use gold and not some other precious metal. Sure, sure. Uh, Well, I've got a fun thing about the calf. So he took it from their hands. He created it with a stylus. He made it. Rashi agrees, by the way, with your interpretation of stylus versus a mold which is what everybody else goes with hey me and rashi we you know ride together die together yep (laughs) no he's like this is clearly a stylus used for carving gold great awesome i love that for me um he poured it no he made it a poured out calf okay any ideas george fricks why it would be a calf of all animals why calf why not a camel why not a dog well, I'll tell you why, but it's not the reason why you think it is. Okay. This is... Why? Is your reason horribly sexist in some way? No, it is not. <laughs> okay, great. But here's what Rashi First says. First time for everything. And I think it's fascinating. And I know that you've got good stuff here, but here's what Rashi says. As soon as he, being Aharon, had thrown the gold into the fire in a melting pot, the magicians amongst the mixed multitude who had come up with them from Egypt came and made the golden calf by their magic art. There are some who say that Micah, the idolater mentioned in Judges chapter 17, was there, who had been drawn forth from the foundations of a building in Egypt where he was nearly crushed. He had in his possession 
a supernatural name uh, and a plate upon which Moses had written, come up ox, come up ox, in order to raise the coffin of Joseph, who was uh, compared to a mox, uh, a mox, an ox in Deuteronomy chapter 33, out of the Nile. And he cast the plate into the melting pot and the calf, like a young ox, came out. Well, you're right. That's not my theory. <laughs> Somehow I hadn't lined up all of those elements. Well, of course, it's a guy who was crushing the foundations under the Egyptian yeah. palace who came out because of a magic plate. There are so many magic plates, by the way. Um, anyway, uh, no. I'd also like a little chronology gap there in that. Yosef is only referred to as being like an ox in Deuteronomy. And this is Exodus. I mean, if you want to say it was, it was they just a well-known fact. <laughs> it's a well-known fact. Everyone thinks of Yosef as an ox. Yeah. Even though it's not part of his blessing. Sure. <clears throat> well, I have a fun uh, conjecture. All which right. is, of course, all it is. All it is is a conjecture. However. Are there magicians? Um depends on your angle <laughs> okay let's hear it okay what animal is amun ra is he an ox no he's not <laughs> okay is he a ram he is a ram very All good right. now ram why might amun ra have chosen the ram for himself Ramses. Okay. No. <laughs> Sorry, Incorrect. that's a bad joke. <laughs> Incorrect. Why would the priests have chosen Does a Does it ram? have to do with astrology in the time of ascension of the deity? Uh, well, the first house of the year in spring is... A ram? Aries, which is a ram. <laughs> All right. What is it that God's people kill at Passover? Oh, a sheep. Yes, indeed. Slash... Ramish creature. So they're killing Amun-Ra right. at Passover. Yes. And then what house slash animal... Which is why they're concerned about people killing them. What house slash culture... Wow, culture. Which star constellation immediately comes after Aries? Ox. Yes, Taurus. So this... The best of constellations. <laughs> okay. Um. So... Therefore, God's people potentially here following this cultural normative component of their society say the time of Aries has passed, the time of Amun-Ra has passed, um, the ram is dead, long live the ox. I love that because isn't that the narrative in Jesus's time? The ox is dead and here comes a new God. Yes, similar similar thing going on with Mithraism there. Yeah. Yes. Um, lots of fun, at least for me. Um, how the turntables. How the tables turn or turntables. Indeed. Okay, there we go. There's some conjecture. Pick your plates made by guys squished under the foundation or team, team Zodiac. Okay. Um, they said, I'm really curious, who's the they here? Is it elders? Is it the whole people? Usually if it's the whole people, it's um, singular masculine. Yeah, I think it's the magicians. Oh, okay, 
Sure, yeah. The ones who came from Egypt for yes. some reason. Yep. Oh, sure. Um, they say these are your Elo and that annoys me because the word magician is not in there. There's no word there's wise people. What is the word that's usually in there, Ellen? What do you mean? For the magicians. Like back in uh back in Exodus when we had the word for magician, it was like keepers of the book and wise people. It wasn't magician. That's our medieval anachronism, like pointy hat people with flowy robes. Yeah, what's ropes. the word that they use for what they're doing? Isn't there some like... There's a whispering. Yes, that one. The whisperers. That's the one. Okay. And what happens in verse 25 for Aharon and let them go to their whispering? whispering? Oh, I see. Uh-oh. <laughs> okay. Uh-oh. <laughs> All right. We'll get there when we get there. So these people who might be whispers, who might be elders, who might be the people who gave their gold, they said, uh, or who knows, these are your Elohim, Yisrael, who raised you from the land of Mitzrayim. Interesting that it's plural. Mm -hmm. Right? Because it's just one cow. Right. But so is it like we're going to make more of these and this is just the beginning? Almost like Elohim is always plural. Bum, bum, bum. Ah, okay. Right? Okay. Um. I think this is an interesting escalation of heresy, just so like Satan in the garden, or excuse me, the snake in the garden, um, to like before it was just, we need somebody to walk before us because Moshe might be gone now. Right. Um, and now they're like, this is actually, this calf, Taurus, actually saved us. Right. This is what raised you from the land of Mitzrayim. Right. This is actually your deliverer. Yeah. Yeah. It's Ooh. fascinating. And then Aaron does try to bring it back here. Shout out to Aaron. Um, I mean, halfway shout out because he tries to do some syncretism to mend the gap here, right? Yeah. He says, um, whoopsie daisy, we'll build an altar for it. So that's a bad move. Not we'll build an altar. We will build an altar, but he will build an altar. Right. Which and why just him, do the sages ask? <laughs> because it takes a really long time. I mean, and if he it asked a bunch of people to help, it would go really quickly. Okay. Moshe is going to be not Team Aharon. Uh, and to me, the narrator is not going to be Team Aharon. So you can keep carving away there. Because later, we'll get there. We'll get there. Okay. Well, Aharon, um, uh, maybe you think it's extra unholy that he tries this, or maybe you think it's holy that he tries this, but he says, a celebration for Yahweh tomorrow. <laughs> yes, but not today, <laughs> right? A celebration tomorrow, because what's happening tomorrow? Moses is coming Moses back tomorrow. Coming it's going to be the 40 days marker. It does. He's going to be back just in time to hearing turn them, this thing away. Hearing them party, though, is the thing that sends Moshe over the edge. So I think that's a miscalculation. He's like, okay, I've got this. I've got this. I've got this. What? And then checks everything. But what do they do in verse 6? I don't know because I don't have verse numbers on my... Ah, they rose early the next day. Sure did. And Rashi says, Satan made them zealous in order that they might sin. For later in the forenoon, Moses actually comes down from the mountain. Mm. So... Those of you who like to sleep in. You should be filled with shame. No, <laughs> no. You could have saved Israel. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Wow. Um, so sleep in, but don't be late. That's right. the takeaway from this. Um, 
they do rise early, which, by the way, is a different word for the normal rise. It's not rise and then an adverb of early. It's a totally different root, which we've talked about. Like Hebrew knows it's a very different thing to get up at 4 a.m. versus 7 a.m. Okay. Um, But we saw that most significantly, and I believe it's the first mention, at the Akedah, at the um, Abraham rising early in the morning. So um, interesting little... Uh, inverted parallel in that we're going to have somebody coming down the mountain and then instead of deliverance they're going to bring death to a bunch of people so big bummer there but um they do a bunch of sacrifices not great not great fascinating though they brought peace in close Um, yeah curious about that yes i'm sure other people went with like peace offerings that would be my guess if I know my translation. Yeah, just kind of rolling well. with, you know, overlaying again. And possibly, you know, that kind of seems to fit with what you were talking about before. Aharon kind of trying to bring it back into the structure. Right. But, yeah. Right. Yeah, we tend to slap on offerings whenever And we're like, who knows what them. this is? Yeah. Woo! Um, they sat to eat and drink. They arose to play. I've heard different people talk about what kind of play we Rashi got going on there. says it's not clean. <laughs> they weren't li- leaving room for the Holy Spirit. No. Um, I That's totally possible. But Moshe hears them dancing, um, which makes me think that, I mean, there's... Dirty dancing? <laughs> yeah, Patrick Swayze popped out of the ground. <laughs> <laughs> he had the time of his life. Yeah. Great. Um, <laughs> so anyway, that makes me think it's not necessarily sketchy dancing, sketchy times. It could be, though. We've had that with, um, that's the same word for Yitzchak and Rivka getting it on in the oh, alley, right? Okay, so, yeah. Different kinds of play. <clears throat> Yahweh said to Moshe, walk, descend for your people. I love this classic move. Your kids, not mine, your people. Uh Classic. Who you raised, also classic, from the land of Mitzrayim, have destroyed. Yeah, that was an interesting one. Uh, NRSV is going to say acted perversely. (laughs) Wow. NJB is going to say become corrupt. Okay. Uh, Robert Alter is going to say acted ruinously, which is closest to what closer you have here. To yeah. Me, yeah. The weird thing, I I like what Alter does there um, because the weird thing um, that makes have destroyed odd um, is there's no direct object. God doesn't say what they destroyed. Mm. So it's either go Alter's route and make it sound nicer, acted ruinously, yeah. doesn't require an object, but then you kind of miss that there's something missing in the Hebrew. Right. So it's like God interrupts himself, or for some reason he doesn't state what they destroyed, but that's very unusual syntactically in the Hebrew. And so I left it weird. That could be our tagline. Leave it weird. They've quickly turned aside from the path I commanded them. They made for them a calf poured out. They bowed themselves to it. They slaughtered things to it. They said, these are your Elohim Yisrael that raised you from the land of Mitzrayim. Shout out to God being omniscient. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, that's obvious um, to us with our theology, but maybe that was a surprise to original readers being like, God knew. (laughs) Right. Yeah. It's one of those fascinating implied aspects that 
if it's almost like if you don't think about it, you'll you you'll miss it. Mm-hmm. Right. But yeah, he knows exactly word for word what happened before. Right. He um, puts the accountability on everybody there, too. Yeah. He doesn't put it on Aharon specifically that he leaves that for Moshe to parse out by himself. He says, I have seen this people. Look here, a people of hard necks. I noticed you went away from the typical stiff-necked people. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, this is just the word cachet, where if you... Pretty sure this is what happens to Isaac when uh, Esau comes, or Jacob when Esau mm. comes to uh, <laughs> There is a little uh, Midrash callback there. Yeah, yeah the, our vampire scene between... Jacob and Esau. Um, go back to that chapter if you're confused and intrigued. Um, but no, this is the word hard, just like if you were like, how did the test go for you? Oh, it was hard. Mm, okay. Um, but the thing about hard is that um, when you're talking about sacrifice versus um, killing, killing is different than murder. If you're slaying somebody or slaughtering somebody, um, or executing them. Yeah. There's a difference between the front of the neck cut, which okay. is a sacrificial slaughter, and the back of the neck cut, which is an execution. <laughs> right. Um, and so there, other than these people being stiff, which is the way I've always heard it translated, there might be an additional layer here that God is saying that they are difficult to execute, right? <laughs> um they are also not being a good living sacrifice, right? Mm. Romans 12 um, energy. But I could be reading into that. Who knows? Um, You would also think having a stiff neck would help you stay on the path better because he says they were quick to turn themselves off the path. If you can't turn your head, you got little horse blinders on. You would think that would make it easier to stay on the path. Yeah, I mean, I kind of fit that into the trying to get Egypt out of them narrative. Okay. Right. And so the, the ways in which they are set are the ways of Egypt and that's what they're returning to. That's why they're stiff necked. They're struggling Mm. to walk into this new narrative that God's bringing them towards. Right. So that's kind of the direction that I go with that. Sure. Um, I love how relatable God is in this section where he tells Moshe, let me rest. Oh, that my nose might burn in them. Um, when like being able to let yourself be angry with someone feels like rest, you know, and it takes all the self-discipline in the world not to be angry yeah. and continue to be benevolent. Feel that. Yeah. I, you know, it's, um, I thought it was interesting that it's burn in them, mm, right? Yeah. Uh, most of the other translations are against them, right? Which is more of an outside right. uh, interaction, right? Uh, blaze at them, the NJB says, um, or hot against them is the NRSV. So burn in them is interesting, um, right? Yeah. Because if we go with that anger, that my anger would burn in them. Mm-hmm. Is it like a, uh, you know, what kind of anger is he talking about? And why would it be burning in them and not against them? Right. Well, it's definitely in. Um, it's the preposition ba instead of neged would be the against word okay. that we would expect. There's another one that's a little less um, normal to use. 
But um, here's my theory is, first off, the way that we're going to see Moshe and the Sons of Levi go on their killing spree yeah. is down the center line, right? He's like, start at this gate, walk over to the other gate that's down the middle. Right, so and there's, then come back, yeah. So there's a logistical element. But also, there's lots of biblical imagery about God's breath um, being powerful and wrathful and furious and so where do we get our breath of course but like Adam like the first person we get our breath from God and so it's like when he is angry therefore our spirit our breath within us Hmm. is also therefore furiously hot because it's his nostrils right that are causing us to burn yeah um that's that's a theory who really knows um really diving into a preposition um i think it's wild um that he just pivots and i mean i don't really think that god is being petulant here i think he's dealing with moshe um sure and teaching him some stuff but his pivot to moshe to be like look you can be the new avraham i will make of you a great nation yeah um I think that he does that so that later when Moshe is like losing his mind because he's so angry at the people that he can remind himself, look, God gave me the option. It could have just been me. I could have started over and I was the one who said no. (laughs) I think that's what's happening there. Yeah. There's the argument that he's going to bring in here after that. I think it's very cool, um, you know, and it kind of has to do with, it kind of hinges on that I will make of you a great nation statement that God makes there, right? I, I'll abandon all the rest. I'll just do this with you alone. Uh, you're going to be kind of the starting back with uh, Abraham, yep. right? Um, just resetting that narrative. Um, and as you have here, Moshe became sick. Also relatable. (laughs) Yeah, relatable. But I think it's interesting that we don't get that in these other translations at all. They they really go a different direction in that. Uh, NRSV says that Moses uh, implores to to God, to Yahweh. Okay. NJB says that he tried to pacify God. Mm -hmm. Uh, Robert Alter is also going to implore, but none of them have this like, became sick like physical visceral visceral reaction okay it's just a conversational change of right yeah i get where they're coming from i disagree obviously right um the word here is chala not the bread different chala chala <laughs> not that one either okay um it's actually the name of one of naomi's kids um that she takes to moab um and the like spoiler alert that's not a spoiler alert is his name is Chala, which means like sick diseased and then he dies when he gets there um there is an image in there that has to do with like you know it's not quite falling to your knee but it's that kind of thing like stooping down because you don't feel well um, okay yeah. and so i think that the other translators take that stooping down the posture part, and take that as implore or beg or whatever. Um, that could totally be the case. I think the word means sick, and therefore he's sick. And I can s- totally see um, 
responding that way <laughs> to God saying, let's not pan over that. I want right. to eat them. I know we just went through all of this work to get them out of there. <laughs> now I'm eating them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, That's this... just the word eat, not consume, not burn up, not right. anything else. It's just eating. Like, what did you eat for breakfast this morning? It's that word. Yeah. Wild. Uh, uh, this statement here, he said, why Yahweh does your nose burn in your people? There's this interesting comment by Rashi quoting... Avodazara. Avodazara. Yeah. It's okay. Don't do it. Just let me do it. Avodazara. Yes, that one. Saying, does anyone become jealous of another except a wise man of a wise man or a hero of a hero? Kind of, I think, a commentary on God's jealousy, right? of the people worshiping false idols. And I'm wondering if there's also a commentary that they're having here uh, in a more dualistic perspective because Satan has been such a big part of their commentary on this passage. Okay. If there's some sort of, you know, uh, Satan is winning this one Mm. kind of a perspective going on. Sure. Um, Anyways, I thought that was interesting. So thought I'd bring that in. But the why will Mitzrayim say an evil he brought them out to kill them in the mountains to finish them from upon the face of the dirt? Um, you know, when he starts quoting Abraham, right? Remember Abraham yeah. and all of these things. So he's kind of getting that, that sense direction of God being like, we're going to start over. You're going to be the next Abraham. And he's like, mm-hmm. but did you forget about Abraham? Remember what you actually said, right. which is a great prayer strategy (laughs) right you know that's like giving us good grounds to hey if you don't know how to have chutzpah before god have your chutzpah by calling on god's words that he already said well yeah and whom you swore for them in yourself right right you invoked your own name in the blessing that you gave to them yep and you just gave us these commandments which told us not to do that uh, if we if we weren't going to follow through on it, you know. So, mm-hmm. um, a real gutsy move, right? Absolutely, calling out God uh, in this moment, very Abraham-like move. True, right? Um, yeah, I think Foreman has a teaching, a chunk, a chunk of a teaching about. Uh, about having that chutzpah, mm, mm-hmm. um, and Moshe, uh, Moshe not saying right. He has a whole bunch of tactics he could take. Um, this isn't Foreman. This is me. Um, and so don't blame him if it's a bad idea. But um, Moshe could have taken the tact like like what they did wasn't that bad, or like um, they've come so far, and that's why you shouldn't be angry at them. Um, he doesn't center the spotlight on the people. He centers the spotlight on God and saying, why is it that you have anger? Um, when obviously it's because of the people, but he doesn't try to come up with excuses based on the people, but yeah. rather based on God. Um, and I think that's brings back um, <laughs> gutsy guilt. One theologian has said um, out of Micah, where he says, um, do not rejoice over me, O, o darkness, for though I fall, 
uh, I will rise because my God will mm. um, step into the gap in the legal situation in Micah. And it's not about like, I wasn't that bad. And so God's going to remember me. It's like, no, it's about the promise. I did the thing. Yeah. But God's thing is that he raises me back up anyway. Um, yeah. And that's that's uh, Moshe's tactic here, which I love. Um, he, he says, turn from the heat of your nose. Um, which is wild. He's telling God to repent there. Um, right. The word... Be comforted from the evil. Right. Yeah. Is just turn. Yeah. Um, wild thing to say to the Lord, but he does. It's also in parallel with God saying they've turned from the path, right? Um, he also says from the evil um, for your people. I think he says that twice. He's going to say it later again. Don't do the evil. Um, right which I noticed while I was bopping around other people did not want to say that God was thinking about doing evil. Um, Ra mm. is the word there. <laughs> um, but it's there. We get to grapple with it as a community. So let's not delete the words of the text. Um, I also love when he has this epic line, remember for Avraham, for Yitzchak right. and for Yisrael. It's a classic. It's great. Um, he goes with Yisrael rather than Yaakov. Oh, right? yeah. <laughs> Yisrael's Direct. like, don't remember Yaakov. You don't have to. Right. Don't think about him for too long. But think about Yisrael, right? His name um, mirrors the word for upright and when he's walking in his calling and everything. So. Well, and if anything, that's, that is the example, right? So to have that at the end. Right. Right. The clencher. If you're expecting Jacob, he's like, yeah, Jacob, that guy was always bothering me. Right. But no, right. Yisrael, the re Redemption of Jacob. Great. Right. So I think that's great. Yeah. Um, um, and God, resp I mean, he doesn't say anything to Moshe, which is also very instructive around prayer. You know, you might have this like long prayer or many just days. Kind of mic drops and yeah. heads back down the mountain. And God doesn't say anything. And yet he was comforted from over the evil, which yeah. he said he would do to his people. Yeah. Um, once again, Bible not being worried about theology. Um, number two, God taking our words and actions into consideration, um, which is a fun little wrench to throw in our theological games when we're talking about human suffering and the complicity of um, free will and everything. Yeah. Well, here, God changed his mind. Um so fascinating stuff. What is the Hebrew Bible not worried about, right? It's not worried about um, appearing like the false idol, which is stoic masculinity, and then transporting that onto God where like only rational, no emotions, never, um, right. you know, nothing can turn the stoic man from his path. Um, not here, not the way that the Bible depicts God. Yeah. Uh, Moshe, though, is about to go on his own little quest right. journey. <laughs> Verse 15, we're getting into part two here. Yeah, just turns his face. So bringing back that turning, right? right. We just had the turn from the heat of your nose thing that he tells to God. Now he's turning his face, descending from the mountain with the... Uh, polished slabs. The polished slabs of the testimonies. Yep. So we have a little in parentheses thing that says they're written across two sides from this side to this side. They're written, which makes me think whenever I saw it in Sunday school, it was always like a little gravestone. And then, oh, yeah, has one, two, the three, two four. Columns. <laughs> yeah. And then the other, this is like 
they're it's written on both sides yeah so it's going all the way around which is way more um in line with what we see archaeologically when we yeah. look at stellas and stuff yeah so the sages say that same thing it, this is it's written on the front and it's written on the back yeah yeah sorry mom yeah <laughs> your sunday school was a little off that was yeah. the only thing though so it's fine um they were the work of Elohim. The writing was the writing of Elohim. It was engraved upon the polished slabs. I feel like that's a little Dope. call back there to um, them wanting an Elohim, hmm. right? Instead of having a supernatural being, which God's going to give them anyway, right? Because he's going to give them an angel unless it's also Moshe. Um, the supernatural being that we get to take with us is the commandments, Right? Where right. are the Elohim? Where'd they go? In where's the commandments. Our, right, right. Where's our pillars? There are the commandments now. I feel I can feel every person who hates supernatural stuff in the Bible punching the air, being like, Yeah, we just have scripture. We don't need cool stuff. <laughs> but it's there. Um, you're welcome. Yehoshua, dun da dun da 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 dun showing up. Man of the hour. Man of the hour. He heeds the voice of the people in their roar. Um uh, I like this because what he hears is practically, it's so close to the word for evil because okay. the word for evil has to do with being clamorous, which I also love. <laughs> like if you a read cacophony. the Proverbs, yeah, when you read the Proverbs, well, there that's a different word, but it's also related. It's always contrasting the wise person with the clamorous person. Mm. Like the wise person is not the one with the big ego who's trying to get everybody to notice them. Yeah. It's a quieter person. Um, and so he hears the roar, but that's very nearly almost hearing their um, hearing their evil. And then he has this, there is this voice of battle in the camp. And Moshe presumably responds because it just says he very, said. Uh epic moment here right this is like the speech he's looking out over the vast wilderness right right right. and what does he say there is no voice of the answer of heroes there is no voice of the answer of the weak i think he means by that that if it was a battle you'd hear people being like ha ha and other yes. people being like no. nrsv <laughs> says victors losers and revelers i mean i love some losers <laughs> that's great oh boy <laughs> the victors and the losers. Yeah. Uh, the voice of answers, I heed. What do they do for the last one? Uh, revelers. Uh, Robert Alter is going to say the sound of crying out, hmm. which I think is interesting. Okay. Um, NJB is going to say uh, answering choruses. Okay. Haha. Me and so. NJB are in the same same vein there. Okay. So the word is um, Anna, which means to answer it also can be used with different vowels for poor so he could be saying like wages or poor as in you pour something poor as in spirit george bump 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 okay so poor as in wages or poor as in pouring something (laughs) no No, uh wages like pour out your holy spirit yeah i I hear you i get the joke it's okay um is it okay yes so you could also translate it i mean the masoretes in my opinion are not inspired so much so many years longer so you could say the voice of the poor i hear which certainly they are not abundant in faith at this moment um poor in spirit yeah um 
So I don't know. I think he's saying they're just talking back and forth um, is what I hear. It's not like a chant in a stadium, you know, for the football team. I don't know, but it's been said. <laughs> Moses looking mighty dead. <laughs> okay. That's great. If only we could end the episode right there. I love it. Uh, let's go with that. That's my personal midrash. It was as he drew near to the camp, he saw the calf and the dancing. Uh-oh, Moshe's nose burned with anger. He sent from his hand. Couldn't quite do it. Couldn't <laughs> hold it together. He couldn't make it. He becomes like the image of God in a way, which is interesting. Yep. He sent from his hand. That sent word is used all the time Send in the it. Exodus. <laughs> that too. By Gen Z. But also for back further back in exodus when they're talking about send them from the land um they broke under the mountain reinforcing my idea that we're in some kind of moria cave situation yep he took the gaff they had made baller solid gold is heavy man yeah i mean who knows how big this thing was in the illustrations it's always like the size of a table i guess it could always be like the size of someone's hand there's plenty of those archaeologically he crushed it until it was dust. Yep. This is giving like Elijah energy, like supernatural speed. Moshe's got super strength going on. He scatters it upon the face of the waters. What waters? Don't know. That's a great question. He, and then he makes everybody drink it, which is great intertextual thing because who has to drink water that has sad dust in it later in, um, in Torah, George? Which group of people anyway? Uh, that's a great question. I have no idea. Women who are caught in adultery and they say, nah, I no. wasn't. And the trick is that they're yes, made to drink something. Yes, five. I do then, have that in my notes. And then they die. Another another callback to Avodazara. Yeah. Um, and so that means strange work, by the way, everyone, when we say those words. Um, but it's the technical term for false worship right um in judaism um anyway so he's doing this thing of like you've committed adultery right not just like mm, i'm punishing you randomly it's yeah. a you were at this wedding scene you were entering into covenant with god like a marriage covenant the whole the cloud over the mountain is a chupa everything was beautiful we we're about to have the wedding party and instead this has happened and therefore, we'll see whether you die or not. Right. Um, Yuma 66b says, For the water which Moses gave them to drink put them to the test, and if they were guilty, their bellies swelled. Right, right. Which, um, it doesn't say that that happened. And then Moshe goes to Aharon. So I love this. I love this. Okay, so Moshe says, you guys are all clearly at fault. Uh Take this, like, punishment slash, um, you know, near sorcery to find out whether you're guilty or not. And it doesn't say that anyone was guilty. And so he says, all right, (laughs) let's take a look at uh, Big Bro here. Ahron, what did this people do to you that brought, that you brought so great a mistake upon them. I love that he gives him wiggle room, big shame culture thing there, big honor culture thing to like, I must presume that they held a gun to your head because you would have never have done this otherwise. Right. But he's still pinning it to him. Yep. He doesn't say, what does this people do to you that this happened? He said, 
that you brought so great a mistake or a sin upon them. And then Aaron, the classic, just play it cool, man. Just it's it's oh, chill, bro. What cow? Like what? Yeah. Huh? <laughs> what are you even oh, talking this? about? <laughs> right. You know the people, for they are in evil. So surprise everyone before Augustine thought of it. Thousands of years later, Aaron is our first original sin fellow. They're in evil. You know. That's just who they are, I guess. You know them. Um, and then They're just a bunch of bad boys. <laughs> and then they said to me, making himself the victim here, mm-hmm. um, make us Halloween that they'll walk before our face. I mean, it is true, but he's not taking accountability there because of this. Moshe, the man who lifted us from the land of Mitzrayim, we don't know what will be for him. So now he's spinning it on Moshe in a very um, Chava and Adam move, right, back to Genesis 3. But he's ducking responsibility and then pinning it on Moshe. Like, if you had come down in a timely manner, none of this would have happened. Um, Aaron goes on, I said to them, for whom is gold? <laughs> um, interesting. Break it off of yourselves. I just, anytime he makes an edit, it's like, why is that? Because what he really yeah. said was, go tell all your women and your children to give it to me. Um, break it off of yourselves. They gave it to me and I sent it into the fire. And then practically with a poof, poof, this calf departed. Right. Um, just out of nowhere. Yeah. He's almost a reliable narrator, right? He's almost telling the truth about what happened. But then at the end, just like supernaturally, what this stylus, I don't know where it came from. <laughs> uh, yeah, this calf just came out. What can, what can you say? Well, yeah. And in verse 25, right? Moshe saw the people that the people had been let go for Aharon had let them go to their whispering which what I find fascinating about this is not just the connection to what we were talking about above, which makes me correct, but also that NRSV and NJB both translate that sin. Wow. They go to their sin. Uh, Robert Alter is going to say offense uh, in their rising up. Huh. Uh, and so it's like, what is this whispering? Right. Actually. Well, what is it? I mean, interpretively, I think they're right. I love this little paragraph, um, again, as a leadership lesson, because Moshe, I mean, he's still going to go on a murder rampage, unless he didn't, but he's about to go on a murder rampage, but he sees the people, this is a big deal, because God earlier says, I have seen the people, right, before he says what he's going to do, so Moshe comes down from his high horse just like god comes down at the tower of babel it says yeah. he descends and sees what's going on and he sees specifically that the people had been let go um and the like shared responsibility paradox there in that yes the people still did it and yet it was the responsibility of leadership to lead and they didn't and leadership being Aharon here yeah. um but of course applicable to other situations um and how did he let them go how did he drop the reins he had let them go to their whispering um you can do you can talk about you know magical whispering and certainly that is a motif later in scripture when they're describing like (laughs) what the kgv is going to call necromancers but I think there's something about if leadership leaves a vacuum 
and there's not good communication, um, people organically are going to be talking. They're going to be scheming. They're going to be trying to put stuff together. They're going to be accidentally gossiping or on purpose gossiping. And that's human nature because our brains want to connect the loop of knowing what's going on, right? Leadership saying like, don't worry about it. Just don't whisper. doesn't do the trick, right? Uh They had been let go to their whispering. So the church's responsibility slash Aharon's responsibility is not just to tell people not to whisper. It's to not let them go to their whispering, right? Mm-hmm. In the rising up. Uh, and I think that's super applicable to, unfortunately, many church situations. Moshe stood in the gate to the camp and he's going to do say something epic that then turns sketchy. He says, who is for Yahweh to me? Very... I don't know, Aragorn. Yeah, stay out in. Yeah, it's yeah. Uh, it's great. I love it. I'm here for it. I'm so excited. I would have been there at the, with the Sons of Levi being like, oh, yeah, cool. What are we doing? What's the plan? And then he says, this is like what Yahweh Elohim of Israel says. Liar, liar, pants on fire. <laughs> okay. Hear me out on this. Okay. Uh, Exodus chapter 22, verse nine, verse 20. Uh, he says, I got to pull it up here. Uh, he who slaughters to the gods will be shut away except to Yahweh alone. So could it be that he is drawing back on this rather than the conversation he had on the mountain? Um, just open question. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, not in my opinion. Um, this formula is what happens after prophecy. Like when God is communicated to someone, this is not what you say when you're quoting something much earlier. This is okay. uh, a message from the Lord to have a terrible accent and quote a veggie tale scene that I've never seen, but that you say all the time. I say it all the time. Uh, that's this formula. Um, so even if he's quoting something God said before, he's still stretching the truth by using that formula to make it seem as if he's gone and talked to God, which was the norm, right? We established that previously. He'd go outside the camp. He'd have a nice little like coffee hour with God. And then he'd come back and everybody would see him go. Remember that? So he's right. set this up as the norm, and now he's going to use it for a murderathon. Um, every man places thirsting sword upon his thigh, cross over, and turn from the gate to the gate in the camp. Kill every man, his brother, every man, and his neighbor, every man, and the one close to him. I have to imagine that he means in that central line. I hope that there's something cool and historic and symbolic and cultural that I just don't know. You have no idea. Um, it's, it's a little bizarre. I'm presuming that there is something that I don't know because it sucks and because the going from gate to gate thing is specific, right? Cutting a central line is right. specific. Um, if it was just like kill a bunch of guys, I wouldn't be as curious about whether I'm missing something. Um, but I look forward to in the future when I found out 
you can share it with everybody. Um, I do like that it says the sons of Levi did like the word of Moshe, right? So if he's giving some watered down version of what God told him, they're doing some watered down version right. of what uh-huh. Moshe told uh-huh. them. And it gives us that again when it says the people fell in that day about 3,000 right. men. It totally could have said, as it does in other places in scripture, the sons of Yisrael, I mean, the sons of Levi did all that Moshe told them. Right. 3,000 men died that day. It doesn't say that. It distills it down twice. So maybe maybe it's less. Maybe they didn't really kill them. They just fell down. I like It's very silly to me trying to rescue scripture so that it feels more palatable to me. Um, I want to be aware of that bias and not lean too far into it. Um, but that being said, it's possible that it's not entirely okay. mass murder. Yeah. Um, Moshe says, fill your hands today for Yahweh. That's a authority motif we've seen before. Yeah, most people would. Yeah, I mean, we got ordain yourselves, consecrate yourselves, dedicate yourselves. Right. The um, word for dedicate is chanoch. The word for consecrate and sanctify is kadosh. It's yeah, it was interesting because Robert Alter goes with dedicate yourselves. But then also has in the footnotes, but it's really just this <laughs> idiom, fill your hands. Okay. So. Well, he's, he's being honest. He's, I mean, yeah, he's being honest in the footnotes. That's great. Um, oh, I love this. Okay. It will be given upon you this day, a blessing. He doesn't just say every man. So he doesn't just say sons of Levi. Excuse me. He says every man. So he's every mm. family here, not just the people who carried out my um, hit job on God's people. Everyone gets a blessing. Um, that to me fits with my theology of blessing, that it's an effective, supernatural, family oriented, grabbing a hold of your destiny and changing it. Yeah. Like this is a moment where God's people need a blessing. Right. Um, cause they have gone astray. They need to be dragged back. Um, like, uh, Yaakov getting Esau's blessing. Right. Um, but then the next day, I don't know if this is supposed to be the blessing. Like, it doesn't say colon, oh, you people, you were like antelope on the hills, you know, some normal blessing formula that we're used to. It just says, it will be given upon you this day a blessing. The end. The next day, he said, missing the mark, you have missed the mark greatly. I will now ascend to Yahweh, oh, that I might smear atonement until your error, perhaps. And I don't think that can be the blessing because it's the next day. Mystery. We're nearly at the end. Moshe returned to Yahweh saying, Oh, this people missed the mark, missed the mark greatly. They made for themselves Elohim of gold. Now, if you will lift and forgive their error, if not, that's not even a complete thought. If not, wipe me, please, from your scroll, which right. you have lit, written. Radical leadership here. He's going to complain to no end. He is going to have the most trouble in the world, yeah. but he's still willing to lay it down before his people uh, are taken out. Although he just took out a bunch of his people, so I don't know how that works. Um, ooh, is cutting a line down the middle like a blood path covenant situation? Oh, interesting. Gate to gate. Maybe. Walk down. These people, ooh, these people, that's the point of a blood path covenant, right? These people have failed to keep the covenant, and so the blood will run again. In the same way it does as yeah, we redo the covenant. Whew, here I was thinking it was going to take years, but there it maybe is. Who knows? Um, Yahweh said to Moshe, who is he that has missed the mark to me? I will blot him from my scroll. Ultimate authority. 
God is putting it on Aharon. Just saying. Which, by the way, if Moshe had gone back up and said, I'm really angry at everybody, what would you like to do? Maybe he would have said, do something to Aharon. But he didn't. He just carried on his merry slaughter party. Went full Sweeney Todd. Now go, lead the people to the place I have spoken of to you. Look here, my angel will walk before your face. Okay, so that's not Moshe, because he says before your face. So it is an actual angel. In the day when I visit, I will visit their error upon them. A great suspense line to end a chapter with. Um, I mean, it says that something's happening, because it says Yahweh struck the people upon that which they did, the calf which Aharon made. Yeah. It's it's only going to get more intense as we go along. It is. It is. We're I mean, I'm excited again to be back like we said in these narrative passages, yeah. you know, digging into some of these stories. So here if we go. We're que- off. Yeah, if you have questions, send them to textinus at gmail.com. Um, or if you have other thoughts or theories or encouragements or ideas, uh, curiosities you can also send them in we'll do a mailbox episode sooner than later um, and get those answers back to you this has been the text in us podcast thank you so much for joining us and we hope that you will join us again next week for exodus chapter 33